0: The sound of silence that you hear right now is the sound of football. Really? It is. This is Adashina Koiki here at the Westin Charlotte, the hotel here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that hosted the ACC football kickoff, the ACC football media days, leading up to the 2017 college football season. This is day two, and day two is actually over at the time of saying this. I'm Adesina Koiki, Lauren Foddy is beside me, and yes, we will have the interviews that we had in day two of all the members of the ACC Coastal Division, members of each of the seven teams in the ACC Coastal Division, so as a prelude to it, we're wrapping it up. Yes, it sounds a little weird, but I do want to ask you, Lauren, what were some of the things that stood out to you in these two days here in Charlotte, North Carolina?
1: I think the main thing that stuck out for me was just the confidence that the players had in their team. It wasn't I. It was we as a team. We need to get better. This is what we worked on. And that's cool. And it's, and to have the confidence and to have that charisma... That's what I took away the most. I I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I thought the team camaraderie is awesome.
0: The one thing I believe you made sure to highlight, and our listeners will be able to catch that uh, starting uh, very, very shortly, is the fact that I am old.
1: And oh, you yeah. made sure
0: to ask about Snapchat and Instagram. And I brought up TV shows that I watched when I was in high school <laughs> and middle school. And you made sure to jump in and say, uh, uh, it's 2017. Um, <laughs> I wasn't born in the 1980s. So that's another thing. That
1: well, know. yeah, they, they were babies. I mean, they are. They're still so young. And it's weird because I'm only a couple years older than them. But they're looking at you like, what are you talking you, you about? You
0: say the number... Your age. You can actually say your age. Well, your
1: age. I don't know if they're that much younger. I'm 25, so for them, for me not knowing <laughs> the show, I don't think someone in 95 is going to know the show that you're talking about. So I, I like, I mean, that was fun, and that got a laugh out of them too. And um, The other thing I like to do is I compared rings yesterday with James, and then today I did the same thing, and it's like, Wow. The budgets between the divisions. Uh, talk, about your ring. talk about your
0: <laughs> ring that you have, because not everybody listening has rings. Well, they have rings, but not championship rings. I yeah. Know. Uh, my fingers are bare, but yours are not.
1: Yeah, uh, I always make sure I wear my championship ring from uh, UNE, my basketball playing days. But I always make sure I wear it just because it's like... It's my little extra confidence. It's kind of like my security blanket when I go to re- to report on anything. It's like, yeah, I played a sport. I know what it's like to be an athlete. I know what it's like to to deal with the media and um, talk about our team and stuff like that. So I just, I like to, to wear it. And I also, I never wanted to compare rings, but when I was seeing it, I was taking pictures. I was like, oh my gosh, sending it to my teammates. Like, look how tiny ours are <laughs> compared to theirs. So it was fun. It was cool. And um, they joked around about it, too. And it's fun.
0: So... In the middle of our interviews and in the end of interviews and in between interviews, you were sending uh, photos to your former teammates about the rings that you've come across here uh, in Charlotte.
1: Yeah, and then I was also sending it to the guys team who graduated before I got there when they won the championship because they were mad that our rings are nicer than theirs. And I was like, who are you really mad at now? Because these rings are ten times nicer than both of ours combined. (laughs) So um, I was having fun with my friends behind the scenes a little bit which you know and then just to have the athletes you know joke around about it that was also really cool and getting to know them was fun.
0: So the 25 year old Lauren Fodi and the 30 something Adashina <laughs> Koyuki spent day two talking with members of each of the seven teams in the ACC Coastal Division we start with Kashan Freeman of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets that was a very fun interview to begin day two Ten interviews that we have for you in day two of ACC Football Kickoff, ACC Media Days. And those interviews, starting with Keshawn Freeman, starts right now. This is Adashina Koiki alongside Lauren Fodi here at the Weston Hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina, continuing our coverage of ACC football kickoff. This is day number two. It's the coastal division that we are focusing on, one of the more unpredictable divisions this season, last season. 2015 14 13 as far In back Taiwan. exactly as far back as the coastal uh, division has existed it has been one where you just never really know who's going to win the division it's the roll of the dice and a couple of times the georgia tech yellow jackets have won the coastal division and i'm joined for the first interview of day two by a georgia tech yellow jacket kashawn freeman defensive end first of all thank you so very much thank for you. joining us and uh i do have to ask off the bat all Being that your offense is an option offense, Uh how many times have you been cut blocked in practice? (laughs) Well,
2: you know, everyone thinks just because I go to Georgia Tech that we go against them every single day. But we actually don't face them as much as people think. You know, we face them in spring ball, and we face them at the beginning of camp. And it's not as much as you actually think. But with that being said, when we go up against them, I have on knee braces. And I have been cut <laughs> much more than I can count. Okay.
1: <laughs> the metal knee braces?
2: Them, the, the metal knee braces. See, the offensive linemen, they have the ones that, you know, yeah. you know just for them yeah. because they wear them all the time. We only wear them during camp and spring. Okay, so I was going to say, like, can you move nice in those things? I don't like art. them. Yeah, I'm mean, not a
0: it, fan of those I'm metal knee okay, braces. Though. It sounds like you guys uh, can uh, have, like, an embracing moment <laughs> with me. <Yeah, we>, <laughs> <laughs> uh last season uh not necessarily the season that uh, you would have wanted, like little ups and downs uh, throughout the season. But coming into this season, a lot of players coming back, a lot of familiar mm-hmm, faces. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a whole lot more optimism uh, going into this season than other seasons because of all the familiarity that's coming back into the program this year.
2: Exactly. You know, um, we're really thankful, actually, for last season. You know, I've been, I've been here for the past four years, you know, and going into my senior year, uh, I've been on Coach Johnson's best team and I've been on Coach Johnson's yeah. worst team, you know. So last year we were happy to win those nine games, you know. That's, that's a pretty nice year. Um, however, we know we can do better, you know. So going into this new season, um, we've all the older, older guys let the young guys know what it feels like to be on a winning team, sure. um, what it feels like to be on a losing team, and how we can shape both of those um, feelings into being um, motivated to prepare us for a great season.
1: You guys did gain some moment- momentum towards the end of the season. Yeah, how do you keep that momentum in the off season, in the spring, in the summer, and now going into the fall. How do you keep that momentum as a team?
2: Yeah, it's a collective effort, you know. Um, we, um, you know, you have offense, you have defense, and you have to put all those pieces together. Um, the leaders just get together, and we say, you know, this is what we want in the team, and then we communicate that to our team, you know. Um, last year, the defense, um, at the beginning of the season, we weren't performing up to so far, you know. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't nice, so we had to get together as a defense and say, hey, the offense is doing their part. We need to step in and do our part. And after that meeting, as a defense, without even the coaches, after that meeting, we started doing better as a defense too.
1: A lot of teams have a mantra. They have a slogan for whatever season it is. Uh, I remember when we play, when I played in college, we had unfinished business. That yeah. was our our slogan for a year. Do you guys have one for yeah, the so, season? So
2: we, we we changed it up. Last year our season was um, called put in, and we said um, put in stuff for put in your time, put in your effort, and put in everything you need to do. Um, put away feelings and put in you know yourself. You know that means so when you go on the field, when you're practicing, when you're going about your day, are you putting in the um, amount of effort that you need to? Um, to do what you have to do as a football player and as a student. Um, This year we've changed our motto to it's time, you know. A lot of people have a mentality, you know, where they want to do things. They say, hey, let's go to the ACC championship, but our team's saying, you know, it's time for us to do those things that we've been saying we wanted to do. Put away any negative thoughts, any kind of pessimism, and it's time for us to do it. Um, It also has kind of like a physical meaning, too, you know, regardless of what's happening in the game, as long as it's time on the clock, you have time to do it, you know, so our model this year. It's time. That.
0: That's cool. Once again, Kashawn Freeman of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets joining us. The Yellow Jackets coming off that 9-4 and four season. I mentioned the ups and downs, and then I thought about it. Like, Oh, you guys did win 5 out of 6 All <laughs> yeah, right, at the end of the year because I remember the middle of the year. Yeah, it was, was kind of, tough, you know, yeah. It was 3-3 yeah, yeah, like, at Hunton one point. And Pittsburgh, and, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and I remembered that, and then I realized, oh, you guys did go into Athens and beat Georgia. Yeah, that, uh, was, like, that was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's always fun, right? <laughs> fact, Huge like, smile on his face right now. <laughs> and, that, and that's the end last Last season, to begin this season Uh on a Monday night Uh on Showtime at the brand spanking new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Only Only game game of the day because the NFL is done for the Mm preseason, getting ready for week one. You have center stage mm-hmm. with the Tennessee Volunteers of mm-hmm. the SEC uh, on that Labor Day Monday. Um, of course, uh, to begin the season, you know there are these butterflies or nerves. You want to get it going. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. But how much more exciting is it to take on a Tennessee team in the brand spanking new Mercedes? Yeah, oh,
2: I get that question every day. Everyone's like, "Oh, you know, it's ACC versus SEC. Um, You're opening up and just see." That I didn't necessarily stadium.
0: say it like <laughs> you know? that. Or it's like oh, ACC, SEC yeah. like that, you know. But well, I did. Yeah, I did course. try to. <laughs> <laughs> everyone up, everyone
2: has been saying like that. But, you know, um, it's easy for us to get, you know, everyone, you know, fans are really caught up in, you know, oh, the energy is going to be there. But I know us as a team, we have to focus on the task that we have on hand, you know, and that's to play the game, you know. Um, so right now we're just going through a lot of film study, focusing in on what we have to do to win that game. So, um, But I can't, I can't lie, you know, it is going to be an exciting night because you have pretty much anybody that loves football, is gonna tune into that football game that Monday night, so we're excited about it. It's gonna be a big day.
0: So when you when you get into the stadium, you're talking about what that game might be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you haven't been in the stadium; it's still under construction, of course. But is it possible that the magnitude of the event really hits you when you see the lights and you see or smell the new mm-hmm. of the stadium <laughs> as well compared to Bobby Dodd's Stadium?
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. I bet. I bet as soon as the lights hit, I bet like. I'm just going to go into this mode of, like, whoa, we're here. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to get into this anxious mode to see, you know, what it's going to be like, who I'm going go against. But, you know, after the first few snaps, you know, any, anyone that says they go into a game without any kind of feelings or anything, or like, hey, I'm good, they're lying to you because you have that feeling going into the game, of course. <laughs> but once you get that first, that first snap in, you're, like, in the mode and you're, like, let's go. Let's go. So I'm excited for that feeling, you know.
0: You know, it's one thing, um, and I'm – somewhat old and I remember the uh, 1990 Georgia Tech team that uh, <laughs> split the national championship uh, with Colorado. I'm just wondering I guess how many times either that's brought up or you're reminded of a team at the university mm-hmm. that you're at that not too long ago mm-hmm. won a national championship.
2: Yeah, you know at Georgia Tech we, um, one of the things that we always do is trying to just you know, focus on our pride that we have we're not just playing for this season's team, we're playing for any person that ever came through. Georgia Tech program, whether it was, you know, 1990, whether it was 1892, you know, we're playing for all those fellas, too. And so, um, that pride that you have goes into how we prepare and how we do our things at Georgia Tech, yeah.
1: How close are you guys with the alumni? Do alumni come and talk to you guys before games? Do they, you know, interact with you guys? Mm-hmm. What What's that relationship like with alumni that yeah, came you know, through the university?
2: You know, living in the city of Atlanta, you see people all the time, and they're like, hey, my name is such and such and such from the 2000 team. Oh, um." I'm this person from the 1990 team, you know, so um, they're always willing. One one thing about Georgia Tech, the people are always willing to come back and communicate. I know a few times Michael Johnson has come back and um, talked to us. He even worked out with us one time, you know. Um, So it's it's really cool to have those guys who actually made huge plays and um, have so much history at the school come back and talk to us. Um, Even our coaches, you know, we have staff at Georgia Tech who played on teams, and to hear them tell their stories kind of opened my eyes more to – do better so i can help them out and give them some more sense of pride
0: any specific story that stands out
2: um so um coach roof you know i can't go anywhere without hearing how great coach roof is you know (laughs) um everyone is talking about how great coach roof is Uh, i got to spend some time just talking to him one time um we had um coach saeed khalif at the time he was Kyle ambrose back then he used to work at georgia tech And just talking to those guys and just know they were teammates, Um, they played on the flats, you know, the same exact field they played on years ago, we still play on that field. And if that doesn't hit you, and if that doesn't make you prepare harder, um, nothing will, you know. So those moments just piece together to make me just have so much pride in our program.
0: How many times have you said to Coach Roof, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. <laughs> I see it every day. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, right. Every time you walk into the room. <laughs> <laughs> One last question for Keshawn Freeman of the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets uh, for ACC football kickoff, kicking off day two here on A Lot of Sports Talk. And this is kind of an oddball question. Uh, in 1990, when Georgia Tech won the national championship, they mm-hmm. won the Citrus Bowl against Nebraska. They wore blue uniforms. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen blue uniforms on Georgia Tech ever mm-hmm. since. Do you guys have blue uniforms? We do, actually. Uh, uh, maybe a couple of times. We yes, yes. Uh, maybe a bowl game yeah, a few we, years ago. We, and wore.
2: then we played against, uh, we wore it in um, our VT game my sophomore year. And you want to know what's funny? Yeah. The jerseys that we took pictures in today were blue.
1: Oh, that's weird. That's really weird. You just
2: didn't come in the right but time. You know? Can we just
1: say, he keeps bringing up this 1990 team. We weren't alive for that. I wasn't even born. <laughs> I wasn't even born. Let's just make him feel bad for yeah, us. So yeah, we know. Okay, I had two more <laughs> years. So you're. Okay, so
0: thank you so very much, Kashawn Friedman, for making me want to buy Just for Men and Rogaine. All oh, right. Oh, really? not just, my... Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah.
2: yeah. it's just a part <laughs> yeah, of yeah, the Yeah, I
0: would shave it. My beard. Have you not seen Fifty Shades of Grey? Come on, salt and pepper look is in. You just got to make sure you brush it. Yeah, I do. I really do. I really. Kashawn thank you so very thank much you for the so time. Much. This is an amazing radio
2: station, so I thank you. Man. Oh, great. great quality.
0: Great quality, yes. great questions, even though you're hearing all the questions out of one ear. <laughs> <laughs> we can admit that. We can admit that. We can admit that. Krishan, thank you so thank very you much Thank you so for much. Time. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Y'all. Good luck this season. Thank you. All right, thank you for Alongside Lauren Fodi, my name is Adashina Korki here at the Weston Hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina, continuing our coverage of ACC football kickoff day two. The Coastal Division is the focus here today, and the Tar Heels, the North Carolina Tar Heels, are the focus of this interview, and we have Bentley Spain offensive tackle for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Charlotte, North Carolinas. Bentley Spain Correct. how is it uh, like to be back here in Charlotte and be all donned up dressed up <laughs> Carolina blue tie how is it going right now how it's going it?
3: great I've had a blast today and it's definitely um, a really great experience to be able to come back to Charlotte especially for this and uh, it's just surreal to be here so I'm really excited
0: where were you uh, just a few months ago when you saw Mitch Trubisky go number two uh, in the NFL draft and what was your reaction right after
3: so we had All the O linemen and a lot of the offense actually together at a house watching on somebody's projector and, uh, you know, just kind of pandemonium when that happened. We were really pumped for him,
0: so uh, really proud of him. Uh, I'm playing with Mitch Trubisky, and of course, before, uh, of course, we have to talk about the present day North Carolina Tar Mm Heels, but I do want to go back uh, a little bit more. When you got a chance to play with Mitch for the couple of years, That he was there. What really stood out to you in terms of his play, in terms of his demeanor, in terms of his character? What stood out uh, to you? I'd probably say his consistency,
3: not only in football, but off the field too. Um, You know, he's just the most steady guy uh, I probably ever played with, um, with his technique, um, with talking to other guys, you know, in their, well, our lack of a huddle, but, you know, you know what I mean, yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> And I think that that's really what kind of set him apart this season was his ability, no matter what was happening, to be the same
0: guy and be as effective as he was. Once again, Bentley Spain joining us, University of North Carolina Tar Heels senior offensive lineman. You mentioned the tempo mm-hmm. of Coach Fedora's offense. Uh, it's essentially basketball on grass. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, what is the responsibility of an offensive lineman, specifically an offensive tackle, a senior leader now but I'm sure you were a leader uh, last year as well. What's your responsibility when you have to essentially be in tip-top shape to run that type of offense uh, from the line?
3: Right, well, it's definitely the conditioning part is a huge aspect because it's not just running the play, but it's being able to, in that short time window, you're not bent over gasping for air. You've got to be reading the defense, making calls, especially when you have younger guys next to you and things like that, that you're trying to help them out, so... You know, you really have to make sure that that is a big focal point of the summer so you can be prepared in camp so you're not, you know, missing things in between plays because you're trying to catch your breath instead of looking around.
0: Uh, I'm sure sometimes during games your offense has hummed so much that you've been running over and over again, and a part of you does want to bend over (laughs) and probably gasp for air. How many times in the back of your mind have you gone, Please, like a huddle, please. Like a timeout, please. Please. Something. We're doing well, but please.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be honest. Sometimes there's a little TV timeout is welcome. You know, the water yeah. comes out, and um, you know, kind of save, save by the bell sometimes. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, no, you kind of know. No matter how tired you are, a lot of times that defensive guy is going to be a little bit more tired. So at least you have that that you know. But. You know, one thing,
0: sometimes, you know, if you're a little tired, they sub in a new defensive guy, that's not what you want to see. But, so, uh, <laughs> so how much of that is psychological when you're tired, but you see your defender tired, right. and you go, I'm not tired. Right,
3: well, that's that's how we train in the summer. You know, we have difficult conditioning runs and things like that. It's, it's about being mentally focused and locked in when you're tired to know that, like... When you are feel like
0: that, the other guy's feeling worse, and you're going to make him pay for it. Uh, you mentioned something that was very interesting. It was kind of a line that was almost a throwaway line. You said, Saved by the Bell. Of course, I think, uh, have you ever watched the uh, TV show in the 90s, Saved by the Bell? If so, who's your favorite character?
3: I haven't watched it enough to even know a character's name. Oh, to be okay. Fair yeah, enough. Sorry.
0: He's okay. showing his age. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on now. Okay, who's your favorite character, Lauren? I never watched Zach it. Zack Morris, AC. I didn't Slater. watch that. I'm, yeah, you know, Mario Lopez. Well, you I know, know that I Lucy never Slater. watched it.
1: I mean there's the reruns on like M T V yeah. randomly, but I never watched it either. <laughs> I was too young for
0: that. Come fair, on, enough, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Again, I'm old, and I'm with Bentley Spain of the North Carolina Tar Heels offensive lineman uh, senior. And the, the past few years, I know you ended up um, ending the season not the way you want it in the bowl game against uh, Stanford. But I know in a couple of seasons or in the past three seasons, the Tar Heels are known for finishing season strong. Mm-hmm. Last five games, last six games, last seven games. What do you owe that success to? too, in terms of after it's maybe Halloween to the end of the season, ending a season strong.
3: Well, I think it's just people kind of almost get themselves in gear after things went bad um, a couple times, like in the past couple seasons, but I think that's definitely something that we need to change and not have that happen this season. We need to be like that at the beginning of the season and then not let it drop off. Kind of like we almost did last year a little bit at the end, um, but...
0: I think that's something that we need to try to avoid this year for sure. But going into this season, I mentioned how Mitch Trubisky uh, is no longer with the program. Uh, According to this, if statisticians are correct, 98.3% of your passing yards, 99% of your rushing yards, 70.5% of your receiving yards from last season are gone. You have to tell me about the players... At the skill positions on offense now, and do you think with those players you can match the production offensively that you have had the past few seasons?
3: I think we can definitely match it, and I think that speaks to our system. Um, and it's all these guys that are quote unquote the new players have gotten reps and games. You know, maybe not as meaningful as the guys who were the guy last year. But they've gotten reps in practice, they've gotten reps in scrimmages, and I think that the way our system works, it'll allow them to step in and make plays, and nobody has to do anything that's super you know, extraordinary. If everyone does their job, I think we'll be able to be just as successful. And we have a lot of young guys and a lot of guys that are you know, getting older that ha- maybe haven't played as much. We're going to have a much bigger role this year.
1: Looking at preseason stuff, how hard is it to get that stuff out of your mind? Okay, they're predicting this, they're saying this about us. How do you av- avoid believing what the people are saying what the hype might be
3: well for me personally the way i avoid it is usually just not even looking at it um you know i just try to do the best i can to be as best as i can be every day and help out the young guys as we go and not really pay attention to any of that and just take it one game at a time do you
1: tell the young guys don't even bother looking at that stuff don't because you know they're the young guys they Everything's Twitter, everything's social media these days, and you can instantly look up what people are saying about you. So do you tell the young guys, hey, don't even bother with it? Well, if
3: somebody is really kind of, you know, talking about it, making a scene about it and having an issue, then, yeah, I mean, I would tell them don't look at it. But, um, you know, we can't control what people say about us. We can only control our product on the field. And if we're worried about what people are saying, we're not getting better. So... (laughs)
1: Amen. Everyone needs to <laughs> Has someone made us? a scene of it? Yeah <laughs>
0: Okay, you don't have to name him No, either. that, that okay. hasn't happened yet I was just, it, just yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon Harris uh, is in the program now He was a person who uh, started a number of games uh, at LSU uh, There are other quarterbacks in the program as well How does that, uh, How is that quarterback uh, battle uh, going in spring ball and the summer And how much confidence do you have uh, in the person that will be under center this season?
3: Well, the good news for me is that I think that all all of those guys have been working extremely hard and have a good grasp of the playbook, have a good grasp of you know how to handle different situations within our offense. And so I'm just excited that the competition is going to make all of them that much better. And whoever it is, I'm going to have confidence that they're going to be able to lead our team to be successful.
0: How come you are not on the cover doing the uh, Jordan logo uh, I think, splits over here? I
3: think that... My physique perhaps isn't quite that of the person there, um, so maybe that has something to do with it. But
0: uh, Come on. you're close, right? Close. Yeah. I mean, I'm close, but maybe maybe another week or so. <laughs> another <laughs> week. So if this if this media day was like a f- couple of weeks later, you would have said, "Oh, that could have been me, and should have been me." Do you yeah, ever practice just- that pose? Yeah, the jump man. I, I don't, but I think that um, you know, if I had some training, I could maybe be able to pull it off. Okay, so we got to get Bentley to like a master ballerina trainer, and then have yeah, that yeah. go and work on the pliancy and the flexibility even more. Not to say that you're not; I'm sure you definitely right. are. Uh, Bentley, Spain, offensive tackle for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Thank you so very much for the time and the insight, and you have definitely raised the bar for these <laughs> interviews here in day two. I feel bad for the person coming and next. After to you. you, yeah. And it's a Dukie as well. Oh, wow. well wish them luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: Thank you so
4: much.
0: Adesina Koiki once again here at Charlotte, North Carolina at the Weston Hotel. Continuing our coverage of ACC football kickoff on a lot of sports talk. It's day two, and we are joined by Brian Jones, cornerback for the Duke Blue Devils. And first of all, Brian, it must be fun to be back here in Charlotte, North Carolina. How's it feel right now to be here in Charlotte?
5: Uh, it's great. It's great. You know, I got to spend a little bit of time at home uh, with the family. Um, I'm familiar with the city. This is my first time at the Westin at this beautiful hotel. You know, it's really nice, but um, it's great to be back home.
0: Right, how many how many days did you spend at home with the family and just get familiar with uh, uh, the neighborhood once again?
5: Yeah, um, just got back yesterday, um, spent most of yesterday at home, and I'll go back today uh for a little while before i head back tomorrow so
0: you have a pretty young defense i think uh you're projected to start a lot of sophomores mm-hmm. uh on the defense as someone uh, as who is more of an elder statesman uh on the defense as well how do you incorporate a lot of the youth that you're going to have on defense and be able to make sure that you are uh, much more of a cohesive unit in the next few months than you are at this second
5: yeah so um we definitely understand we have a lot of younger guys on the defensive end. Um, so what we've done is simplify things a lot. You know, we went, really went back to the basics, went back to just football 101 really um, in the offseason, um, put a few calls in but not much just so those guys can, can play fast, can get a deep understanding of the calls that we do have in and um, that they can play, you know, kind of worry-free and not overthink because that's when mistakes happen when guys overthink, especially when they're young. So um, those guys have done a great job with embracing, embracing what we've done so far.
1: Is that one message that you really give to the younger guys, don't overthink it, just do your job?
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's easy to tell them that, but uh, it's harder for them to really understand that and and, and capture that. But um, they've done a great job maturing so far. Um, You know, it helps that we haven't had a lot in the playbook. Um, They've just been able to go out and play, so we'll see how they handle everything come this fall.
0: Uh, Brian Fields joining us once again on ACC Football Kickoff here on a lot of sports talk covering ACC Football Kickoff. Thank you so very much once again for joining us. The past few years, uh, your team has been pretty successful. A program that hadn't been known for success in football before David Cutcliffe, outside of the time Steve Spurrier was playing quarterback uh, at Duke University and coaching at Duke University. Uh, What about David Cutcliffe? allows and has allowed this program to be a team that has won uh, the Coastal Division in um, the past few seasons and has played in the uh, ACC Championship game. What is a, What about David Cutcliffe can you point a finger to and say this is the reason that David Cutcliffe has put us in the position that we have been in the past few years?
5: One is definitely his attention to detail, you know, he really takes pride in, in, in the little things and he preaches that we should take care of the little things. Um, but the major thing is definitely he, he cares about his players not only as, as football players but about um, as men and a lot of coaches say that um, at all levels but he really lived that he really lived that and um, you know he's been a great role model for us as far as his standards his habits the way he the way he operates and and you know he, he's just been great in, in developing young men and um, you see that we have people at the NFL we have people at the corporate level who are successful we have people who are, who turn out to be great fathers and and great sons and, and great family man because of how he helps us develop as young men so that's definitely what i can say about him he really cares about who you are and your development as a player as well as as a man so
0: how does that and the way coach and coaches care for you how does that translate to play on the football field
5: you can communicate with them more easily you know be honest up front you know um you have an argument disagreement with a coach in practice or or in the game or whatever, you're able to talk it out, get over it, move past it. Um, and knowing that the coaches really do care for you, it's easier to play for those guys. You know, you know that when they get on you, it's, it's out of love, and it's not, you know, they're not just doing it just because it's a business, just because it's their job. They really care how well you're doing. So that's, that's definitely important to players.
0: Uh, once again, Brian Fields joining us from the Duke Blue Devils cornerback, senior, Charlotte, North Carolina native. Uh, I asked Coach Cutcliffe this question about three years ago. Uh, when we were here, the Dukes, the Vanderbilts, the Stanfords, the Northwesterns—I guess the nerds of mm-hmm. college football—at one point were almost taking over the earth um, in terms of doing so well. Stanford ten-win seasons over mm-hmm. and over, Northwestern uh, winning seasons, Duke—a program, a lot of winning seasons the past uh, few years. But uh, I asked Coach Cutcliffe how, how, and why uh, are those teams, which were known for its academics in Division One A FBS and hadn't done so well in terms of of football, are doing so well. Can you, I guess, correlate um, the uh, academic integrity at a Duke and compare that to why success has followed in Duke and other schools like a Stanford and Northwestern and a Vanderbilt? Well, you have to look at the type of people that that we're getting, the type of people that that
5: we look for to come in. Um, We look at character first. When we look at guys, you know, when guys come to visit our school, the coaches make sure to let us know that, hey, is let us know if he's a guy that fits in our locker room. You know, let us know if he's a guy that that can be successful here. And if not, then that's fine. We'll move on to the next person. But it's all about who fits with us. We know what our culture is. What our culture is about. Um, guys understand they what they're in for when they come to do. You know, it is tough academically, but we have a lot of support in place for guys if they really want to embrace that. If that's what they want to do, then. Then, um then they 'll be fine, you know we help guys understand that, but it's definitely character first so when, when you bring in good people you know that come from good families and have good intentions and, and really understand and can and can you know comprehend the type of opportunity they're coming into, then you end up with a lot of kids who end up being successful.
0: And how many times have you gone into a locker room, and I'm just going to be a joke here, how many times have you gone into a locker room and talked, you know, football and winning, and how many times have you talked about transcripts and GPAs? I, we don't talk about that. I mean, we're, you
5: know, we're football players. Okay, we're you can, know. Yeah. yeah, we're not. That's the last thing on their <laughs> mind. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, it, you I got know, the I stereotype, know. like, oh, they're smart guys, they go I to know. Duke, but... yeah. What, what football players end is a day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this conference is such a tough conference. Uh, when you turn the corner, there's a big game, and I think uh, like early in the season, you have a couple of big games. I think you have mm-hmm. Baylor, uh, uh, Baylor uh, Northwestern, Northwestern and, as well. Uh, uh, how, early, I yes, think. and how important are those games in terms of setting the tone for the season? Even though when you get to conference play, uh, there's a lot of games that can really put knots on your head mm-hmm. uh, with the opposition. But how important is it to get off to a good start? at the very beginning of the season? Oh, that's huge
5: for us. Um, talked about how we have a lot of young players. We have to mature quickly because those are those conference games are huge, um, even though they're early in the season. When they're early in the season, you don't really feel the, the postseason implications of those games, but each one of those games is extremely important. So we just had to take it one game at a time. Um, you know, the, the Carolina games are early this year also, that's normally yeah. later in the season. Um, so, we just had to take it one game at a time. We believe we can win every game we play this year. We're, we're talented enough. Um, but guys have to mature quickly. We have to have a great camp and guys have to understand that we don't have a lot of time for a learning curve once the season begins. So because we got some tough opponents early. So I'm excited for it. And also it gives us a chance to to be healthy against some of those better teams. You know, in the past we've had a lot of injuries late in the season, and we hadn't been necessarily at full strength. Nobody really is towards the end of the season, but Um, Particularly last year, we had some struggles with injury late in the season. So we get to play some of the best when hopefully we're at our best and at our healthiest.
1: It's mid-July. It's ACC kickoff. Is the team starting to feel like the season's that much closer? Are you guys starting to get more antsy as the days go by for that first game?
5: Definitely, definitely. We're definitely moving from more of a conditioning weightlifting mode to more of a football mode now. Um, we're starting to do more football-like drills and move away from heavyweights and all of that. And, you know, guys are starting to realize that camp is coming, you know, um, taking your last couple trips home and, and getting all of that stuff out of the way, and it's almost time to lock in. So camp's a couple weeks away. It's a week earlier this year, so everybody's a little on edge, but um, yeah, it's almost time to go. It, it, you can definitely feel the sense that, that everybody's getting ready.
0: How do you take the edge off? Like when you know that, hey, the season's coming, you don't want to get it. Yeah
5: over excited yeah, um, I like to go home you know home's two and a half hours away from me at the most um, so I go home spend time with my family spend time with my friends you know and that's how I like to do it other guys have their, have their ways of doing so but I've always used going home as a way and being around
0: family and just relaxing. That's How
1: about with the fam? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and,
0: and fam is not too far away of, uh, from here mm-hmm. uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's a pleasure to talk with Charlotte's own and Duke University's Brian Fields, cornerback of the Duke Blue Devils. Thank you so very much for the time. And best of luck and success to you and the rest of the Blue Devils in 2017. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you having me. All right. Love. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of Sports Talks coverage of ACC football kickoff continues from the West End in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's day number two. It's the Coastal Division. And right now we're joined by cornerback Avante Maddox of the Pitt Panthers. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us. First of all, hope all is well with you. You're a Detroit, Michigan native, correct? Yes, okay, what's the best part of the D? What's <laughs> the best, what's part, the best of the part of the D? For those that haven't or that have thought about, yeah. you know, Motown back then, Motown. the Tigers, Michigan, and Trumbull. Like, what's the best part about the D?
6: The best part of the D. Ah, uh, let me see. It's, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, you always you always see a lot of things going on. You know, yeah. there's always a lot of things you can do. I mean, sports, and you got you can go out and do like activities, or or you just. Do it's family, a lot of family picnics to be going on too. I kind like that. Family <laughs> <picnics>. Yeah, <laughs> <Family> <laughs> like go to the park, see a lot of family picnics going on. So I oh. mean, it's a lot of things you can do.
0: Oh, very nice, very nice. <laughs> so last season, another season where you finished in a bowl game. Uh, you're in New York City as well. How was New York City by
6: the it, way? It was good. I mean, I like it. It was my first time going. So. Really crowded. You know, it's down there around Christmas time. It was a lot of yeah. people. You know, I'm walking. I'm bumping. I'm dodging, <laughs> ducking. <laughs> no, it's a, it good was, it was a good workout. A good workout. Just walking down the street. So yeah, it was nice.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, I can use these skills as a quarterback <laughs> to
6: right? walk around yeah. city. <laughs> okay,
1: it's Did <laughs> you get to go to any of the cool attractions for Christmas time? Since uh, it was so close?
6: Yeah. Uh, well, not, we, we did things like um, the. Um, uh, we went to like the Twin Tower. we just seen like okay. certain things like yeah. that oh, it the wasn't the, 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 memorial. Nine, uh, the, the memorial. memorial so it wasn't it wasn't that, we didn't really go to like
1: you didn't Christmas. see the Christmas tree
6: it, oh yeah I think I did <laughs> I, maybe I did it, wasn't, it was <laughs> <laughs> It was huge the Rockefeller so, yeah. Christmas so, tree so, yeah, so, maybe I did tree. and then when I was walking down this one street they had all the lights all on the wall so I mean I seen a lot of things uh, <laughs> could it have
0: been Macy's maybe probably like Macy's maybe Macy's the Christmas
6: okay
1: did you have pizza too
0: I heard they had the best pizza
1: But you didn't get
0: any. But I didn't get any. (sighs) Is it because you swear away from pizza, or it just wasn't (laughs) going to fit in the diet at the time because you're getting Uh, ready for Northwestern? Let me see. I
6: I don't know. I think I couldn't find a pizza spot. That's probably what it was. Couldn't find a pizza spot in New
0: York. Oh, well, I don't we, think. Okay, after this interview, we'll fix that. We'll fix we will fix that. <laughs> okay, we got to we'll fix that. we will fix that. So like, I, I heard
6: it was the best, but but then they're telling me to just go to the little stands that be
0: on the streets. Oh yeah. Is, is that something to do? Oh, for like I, either the hot dogs yeah, or the peanuts, like the roasted no, it peanuts, was like the
1: peanut the guy. The yeah. cook. It was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, that's
0: what it is. That's what it is.
6: Raw meat. It was one of those. I stood in line. The line was like whipping around the corner. Yeah. So I stood in line for. But I, it was worth it. So yeah, I thought
0: it might, maybe that might have beat the piece. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Well, I don't awesome. know. Well, once I'm again, Avante see. Maddox of the Pitt Panthers joining us. And last season and the past few seasons, you have seen in practice every day a high-powered <laughs> offense. You've seen yeah. James Conner uh, the past few years, Nate Peterman at quarterback, and so much of the talent on offense that uh, still comes back as well. Um, how much of going up against those offenses in practice, how has that hopefully made want to make you a better defensive team going into 2017?
6: Uh, it, it definitely does. I mean, our offense is explosive. Like, any other day, any other time at practice, they're able to bust out a, a long run or pass. I mean, just even a, 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 the last years I've been here, I mean, we had explosive players like James and Nate. Now we got Quadri. We had Tyler Boyd. I mean, we mm-hmm. had kids kids that can make, make plays out of nothing. And, I mean, it, it's fun when you're going to against something like that because you're able to see, like, oh, if we can stop these guys, yeah. we can stop anyone we play against. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a good challenge going against
0: this, and I enjoy going
6: against them every time.
0: And the one game that we ended up uh, going to and covering uh, for the Pitt Panthers was the game, the Thursday night game, uh, against Virginia Tech, where it was a shootout mm-hmm. as well in uh, Virginia Tech for the most part, through fade patterns uh, yeah. every play. Yeah. Uh, I guess, and, and then eventually after that, a lot of teams decided, okay, we're just going to throw the ball mm-hmm. on you guys. Uh, was that, uh, did that burn you in terms of knowing that teams going up against your defense would say, okay, we're just going to uh, throw the ball at will against uh, the secondary?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, our, what, our, what Coach Nduzzi preached in our defense is to stop the run. So We're a very stop-the-run team first, so... I'm a cornerback, of course. I don't, and, I, and I'm gonna take up for the pass. I mean, I don't want that to be happening. So, I mean, Virginia Tech, it, it was just locking the ball up, and, and, and there's times where you have to just compete more. You know, you have to, it's a fifty-fifty ball in the air. You gotta, you gotta compete at the end. You want to turn it to a sixty-forty ball on our side of it. So, ever since then, we've we, we just been working, working deep balls and working, working plays that were, where we can prevent that. So getting better now. Spring was a good time, and it's 2017. It's a new year. We're going to a new season, and we're looking forward to it, and I feel like we have a way better better year than last year.
0: Once again, Avante Maddox of the Pitt Panthers uh, joining us on a lot of sports talk at ACC Football Kickoff. Take me through the final seconds of the game at Clemson in Death Valley. Chris Blewett makes the field goal. Take me through where you were right before the field goal. Take me where you were probably 10 seconds after you saw the officials underneath the goalpost do this yeah. and raise their arms and uh, so
6: Before the field goal, maybe three seconds before they hiked it, I was on a knee at the 50-yard line, hooked on to the teammates. Then after you kicked the field goal in and I seen the, the the referees' arms go up, I stood up and I looked and I looked. I looked around, I, I hear silence. So that's how I know something good just happened our way. <laughs> it was silent. I knew something good happened our way. I look, all of a sudden I see everybody rushing blew it, and I go out there and rush blew it as well. And we're just having a little party in the middle of the field. All our fans rushed on the field, and it's a great
0: feeling. Yeah, it's, and then, I'm, okay, describe probably a story – or something that stood out to you during those celebrations, either with yourself or other teammates, uh, either almost immediately on the field at Death Valley or in the locker room afterward? Uh, well, uh,
6: probably the moment that stood out was probably in the locker room. It was a party. It was probably a party I've never been to. He was in there party, and just the music was going loud, everyone danced in the middle of the the dance floor. I'm talking, we getting our coaches in there. It it didn't matter. It was just all dancing. It was fun. It was a great enjoyment, and I enjoyed that time. Good feeling.
1: Which coach had the best dance moves?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather not say. Did did any coach have any discernible dancing skill? (laughs) Just know it was bad. (laughs) It was too good. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So you guys are already in a good mood, and then you see the coaches dancing. You guys <laughs> had to be rolling. Yeah, yeah, I was going to grab. Maybe laugh. Okay, so you play your home games at the home of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at Heinz Field. Uh, what is it like to be playing your college ball, A, at a the NFL arena? With uh, one of the legendary teams uh, in the National Football League, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and two, what is it like playing college football, major college football, in a football mad city like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania?
6: Uh, so first of all, I mean, just even before we even get to the field, we practice right next to them, facility right combined with them, so you see them every day. Like you walk in, you meet them. You walk in, you see Mike Tomlin. He speaks. That's a, That's a great thing. Just to have We're the only team in the nation that has that. I mean. And it's a great feeling when you're out there watching them in practice. You can see, like, oh, this is what I have to do to get there. Oh, this is what they do to get that got them there. Then just knowing how you're stepping out on the Hines field, you're playing on the field that the great legends have played on and great pro athletes have played on. It's like it just gives you a better, better edge of, like, oh, I want to get there too. So that's, 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 that's a good feeling as well. Then, sec, what was the second question? Uh, okay, what oh, oh, is it like oh, playing, oh, in playing in Heinz Field and then playing in, in a football Pitt. mad yeah, city I mean, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Pittsburgh is a great city of, I mean, it's a sports city, football, hockey, and baseball, I mean, and just dealing with us pit. Pitt. I mean, everyone loves loves the sports and loves the sports atmosphere around there, and it's, I'm happy I chose Pitt. I mean, great place to play, and I enjoy every single, every single bit of it. So,
1: Having the Steelers around you, seeing them, is there any advice that they give you? Is there one piece of advice that really stood out to you throughout your time at Pitt?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it, even advice. It's just, just the way they carry themselves, just watching them. You know, you can tell they go 110% on everything they do. And then they, they tell us, like, good, great, have great communication on the field. Without communicating, you won't have a good, a good team, you know. You won't have a good bond with each other. You got to do things off off the field, and you got to do things on the field and make sure you communicate with each other. So every time I watch the Steelers play when they're in a camp or whatever they're going through or, or practices, they always, you always hear the defense communicating loud, and like all you really do is hear safeties and linebackers screaming, and yelling, and you, you can tell you make sure they hear each other.
1: Do you emulate in that? Do you emulate that in your game?
6: Yeah, I mean, I try to, I, mean, I try to preach it to our safeties and our linebackers. I like, speak up. I want to hear you yelling, and you can't go wrong without being uh, with being loud. You on the field, you outside, There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Be loud, be, be loud and proud with it. So.
0: You sound like a soft-spoken person. You're loud on the field. Yeah, I'm loud on the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you growl like the Tigers uh, hey, of 84 that won the World Series. Bro. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I'm loud on the field. <laughs> sure you hear me. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely uh, have heard you in this interview. One last question uh, that I want to ask. You are from Detroit. So it's so Pittsburgh, along with a football mad town, is a hockey mad town. Like, the D with Mm -hmm. the Detroit Red Wings, and you grew up uh, at a time when the Red Wings were one of the best teams Mm -hmm. in hockey, and now you're in a city where the Pittsburgh Penguins have won back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. I'm getting the best of both (laughs) worlds, (laughs) baby. How much of of a hockey fan are you, and how much fun is it Uh, to be uh, in Pittsburgh and seeing Sidney Crosby and uh, Denny Malkin and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Mm -hmm. Matt Murray do what they do in hockey. How much of a hockey fan are you, and how much fun is it watching the Penguins?
6: right, so I, 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 I'm not I know I know the game of hockey I know the basics I'm still trying to learn like there's the guys the defense guys then you got like a little, a little roamer kid that can just go all around <laughs> <he> <laughs> want. so I, I'm guessing that's the, the, the gist of it but like, you know I'm just watching the puck as it goes and I know if you score you get a goal that's all so, you need to watch so but, yeah, <laughs> no I'm I mean, kidding, I'm it, kidding. It, it, it's, it's good like it's, uh, it's exciting watching it like this is my first legit time watching a lot of hockey because of Pittsburgh like They really take this series like they Mm -hmm. close off a street and let you watch it on a big old jumpatron. Like, is that is that real? And it's fun watching. I mean, I plan on going to a game. I want to catch one while I can before I leave. Have you
0: ever watched a hockey game either in Detroit or Pittsburgh?
6: No, neither. So I want to catch one live. I watch it on TV a lot, plenty of times. So watching Crosby just working. I mean. I see him, I see him cut on the ice. I say, yeah, that man is real.
1: <laughs>
0: so, no matter what sport, you know I know when someone's on. athletic. He is right
6: there. I know I couldn't do that. So. Were you
1: there, um, were you in town at all during the Stanley Cup finals? I don't know if you're taking summer classes or anything uh, like that, but yeah. were you around for any of that?
6: So, yeah, I was around both years. I mean, both times they won it. So I think I'm good because I live, my house is kind of ducked off in the back scared my car might get flipped over when they win. <laughs> set my fire and set it. So I'll make sure I hide my car when, when, when the series is going on. Are you out <laughs> no, there celebrating well, I'm with that there everyone? i celebrating. Now I'm peeking in the back to see if my car okay.
0: Your car is intact. It's all good. It's good. It's my forward. car good. got to make sure it's good. <laughs> and that will be the car that will head over to a <laughs> do PPG paint anymore. arena. Just test the car. They right? be hanging off the poles and all. I'm like, yeah, I know y'all
4: don't
0: do anything. So, yeah. Avante cool uh, Maddox, it is a pleasure to know that that your car is intact. <laughs> yeah. Okay. After the back to back parades and celebrations because of the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, winning. Just imagine if the Steelers won a Super Bowl while you were there. I'm going to take my car to Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> so, so i really got to worry about that. <laughs> uh, we either, A, hope to see you soon um, at Heinz Field for a pit game, or we do hope uh, to see you at a hockey game uh, as All well. Right. You yeah. taking uh, your first few hockey games. Avante Maddox on the Pitt Panthers, cornerback. Thank you so very much for the time. Best of luck and success you. to you and the you. Panthers in 2017. Thank you. Appreciate
1: it. All right. Thank you.
0: Continuing our coverage of ACC football kickoff at the Westin Charlotte in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our focus today is on the Coastal Division and joining us right now, the head coach of the team that won the Coastal Division in 2016, Justin Fuente of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Joining us, Coach, thank you so very much for joining us. And before we really start the interview in earnest, uh, we went to Syracuse. One went to grad school, I went to undergrad. I was a big Syracuse fan growing up. And I remember seeing you in 1997 as a member of the Oklahoma Sooners beating a Donovan McNabb-led Syracuse Orange team that eventually became one of the better teams in the country. And I can't believe that 20 years later that I'm interviewing you, 20 years after I said that darn Justin Fuente helped to beat Donovan McNabb in Syracuse. So, thank you so much. And it's a pleasure to talk with you 20 years after you broke my heart.
7: Well, it's funny that you say that because uh, it's really a miracle we did win because obviously Syracuse was a lot better than Oklahoma at the quarterback position. (laughs) Donovan McNabb was a lot better football player than Justin Fuente. But uh, you're right. It's funny funny for you to bring that up. And uh, that was... Uh, Syracuse football was really good at the time. I mean, it wasn't just Donovan. He had, oh, yeah. he had tailbacks and wide receivers and defensive players and uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> now, of course, we're going to concentrate on the Hokies, but could you have imagined right after that Oklahoma – Becoming in the next few years that past happy team that ended up winning a national championship yeah. a few years later with uh, uh, Bob Stoops and Mark Mancino and Mike Leach who was there for right. a year or a couple of years before he left could right. you imagine no right after-
7: it was really a crazy turn of events it really was the, uh you know at the time that I was at Oklahoma we were not very good and uh, there had been a lot of turnover we had, a lot of people forget Howard Schnellenberger was the head coach at Oklahoma for one year yes then they had. John Blake, and um, you know, and then uh, John was there for three years, and then and then Coach Stoops came in, and the second year won the national championship, throwing the ball all over the yard, playing great defense, and uh, it was really a dramatic turnaround from from what they'd been to what Coach Stoops did in a
0: very short time. Once again, Justin Fuente, the head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies joining us. I mentioned uh, that you won the Coastal Division uh, last year, played in the championship game against the Clemson Tigers, came up just short there, but then you ended your season here uh, and had that comfort behind victory uh, against the Arkansas Razorbacks. How much can a coach draw from a season-ending winning bowl game to springboard his team into the, 20, into the next season, particularly your team, into 2017?
7: Well, like all, all coaches, we can find the good and bad in anything. You know, I love the fact that we won the game and it springboarded us into the off season with some momentum and everybody says nice things about us and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, the drawback is are we getting lazy because of it? Are we, are we living off what happened in the past? Uh, you know, and that's my job, is to manage that part of it. While I, I love the fact that that group last year had character and toughness and the ability to fight back uh, when down or behind, uh, that doesn't mean that we automatically have it this year. You know, and to me the challenge is, uh, can we continue to to build on that but not be complacent with what happened in the past? Gain confidence with that, that we can we can make anything happen if we need to, but not... Uh, rest on our laurels so to speak and i think our guys have done a good job of that you know like i tell them all the time you got a tough job coming off of last year you know we lost some production offensively and some great leaders and you know people are going to say one of two things they're going to say one you can't do it because the good players left and that's not true or they're going to say it's going to happen no matter what because you've arrived and that's not true either you know the truth is in the middle we are what we make ourselves and We've got to prove it to ourselves every day.
1: Not to bring up that championship game, but, you know, is there a sense of unfinished business with, with the team? Because you guys made it to the championship game and came so close, is there that, that factor of unfinished business? Is there that factor of motivation for coming so close?
7: Well, I really hope that none of our guys are, are satisfied with that. You know, like I know that game still bothers me. Uh, And I'm I'm not taking, you know, Clemson deserves the credit. They great players, great coaches, did a great job. But we were really close to pulling off something uh, really special, and we didn't quite do it. And I hope that fuels the the true competitiveness of our team. I hope nobody um, came to Virginia Tech to win the Coastal Division and lose in the championship game. I hope we came here to win to win the ACC and play on a national stage and um, I feel like our team in general has that but there's so many steps to get through in my mind the way I think about it there's so many steps to get through before you can get to that game or that discussion with your team it's all about the process to get there like right? we can't put the cart before the horse like we got a lot of work to do to make it to that stage and you know, I think that's where most of our focus has been. It hasn't been on, on, hey, we got to get back to that game. and has been, hey, we've got a lot of work to do to get back to winning one game.
0: Uh, once again, Justin Fuente, head coach of Virginia Tech, joining us here at the Westin Charlotte for ACC football kickoff. And you mentioned a lot of the character that was built last season, and there is a number of players who had that character, that are not with you, as you mentioned, with specifically Logan Thomas, at quarterback, uh, Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges, uh, players on offense that made your offense really hum, specifically with the quarterback spot. I know there's a lot of things you have to address offensively, period. But, of course, uh, the quarterback spot is the glamour spot. So how is that? Um, competition uh, going with uh, Josh Jackson and uh, A.J. Bush, who transferred in from Nebraska. You have a, a true freshman as well that's uh, uh, in the mix as well. So how is that competition going so far?
7: Well, it's going well, and Gerard Evans was incredibly productive for us last year. Gerard it? Evans,
0: sorry, Logan Thomas. Yeah, well, that's yeah, right. Sorry about that. f-
7: I, knew, I knew where you were going. <laughs> <There's> my apologies. <laughs> uh, but he, he was just incredibly productive and, and played really well, And you know, but he's gone, and uh, we have three guys that I think all have talent, that all have character and work ethic and, and toughness and, and, and discipline that, that brings something unique. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the fall. You know, we just, I saw them in the spring, and you know, and I, I know that they're making progress as I sit here and speak to y'all. You know, they're getting better. And I'm looking forward to seeing them. You know, Hendon Hooker is a true freshman. That I think has huge potential and upside that just continues to get better every single day. Josh Jackson's been in the program now for the second year, the only guy that's been in it two years, which is a little bit scary. You know, when you only had one guy in your quarterback room that's been in the program for two years, but great person, great demeanor. I think he's got a great chance moving forward. And then AJ Bush is a transfer that has fit in seamlessly with our team and our character you know sometimes when you're a junior and you go to a new school it's a little bit it's a little bit hard on you and he's just fit in really well and, and i'm anxious to see all three of those guys get out there and compete
0: uh, Trevon McMillan uh, at the running back spot a couple of years ago was a person who rushed for over a thousand yards. And last season, and I, we were at the game at the University of Pittsburgh, and it might have been more of a game plan thing because of uh, Pittsburgh's struggles to stop the pass. You uh, and your offense were throwing uh, essentially jump balls um, and fade patterns uh, uh, all game long, and that was the game that we saw in person uh, of, of Virginia Tech. Uh, is there. Uh, a focus on emphasis of wanting to have a run game even more involved this season than compared to last season? I know Gerard Evans was someone who was your leading rusher last year, was someone who brought that dimension. Uh, Is that something that you want to really focus on as well to get uh, the run game going even more than last season?
7: Yeah, we want to run the football and how it gets run is really of no concern to me, whether it's the quarterback or the running back or the wide receivers. I like having multiple people touch the ball. I think that's what makes offense fun. I like playing a lot of people. We haven't gotten to the point where we can do that, but, you know, in our last couple years at Memphis, we played eight or nine wide receivers. We'd have a bunch of people touching the ball and carrying the ball. That leads to better practice. That leads to happier players and happier parents, and everybody's having a good time. (laughs) So that's what I'd eventually like to get to. We're not there yet, but... um, so whether it's Drayvon or anybody else that's playing running back for us, uh, you know, we want some more consistency out of all of our skill players so that we can trust them more to, to, to get them involved in, in what we've got going on. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, we've either been thin and had good experienced players or, like this year, we'll probably have a larger number of, of guys but more inexperienced players that hopefully earn that trust level that we can continue to share the ball
0: yeah. Uh, We see the uh, lunch pail uh, being carried around by a couple of the players that are here uh, uh, representing Virginia Tech at uh, ACC Media Days. The tradition that goes back to when uh, the erstwhile head coach of Virginia Tech, Frank Beamer, uh, was here and did such an amazing job. And you had to fill in those shoes. Uh, What does the lunch pail mean to someone who technically uh, is an outsider, was an outsider to that and now has to and is embracing uh, that lunch pail mentality?
7: Well I, I, I thought it was interesting. On the front of the lunch pail is is W I N and everybody think that thinks that means just win the game and it's not, it's what's important now. And uh, that's something that Bud Foster has, has talked about with his guys about you know living in the moment and what's important now and let's focus on the task at hand and so on and so forth. And I I thought it was fantastic. When I got there, and I realized that that that's what that was, and that's what that meant, and I, um, I, I said, "That's kind of like one and oh, right?" And everybody's like, "Yeah, it's the same thing." Well, the exact same thing that we had been talking about, but phrased differently, was one and oh. we We're focusing on going one and zero, one and oh and whatever it is we're doing right now, right here and now, we're not worried about the the past or the future. And I know those things just fit in; they were just phrased differently, and. Um, you know, the, the lunch pail is a mentality, and it is, uh, you know, it's not blue-collar, but it's workmanlike. It's paying your dues. It's never giving up. It's, uh, it's how you should play the game. It's Virginia Tech football, and uh, it's, it's synonymous with the defense, but it's becoming synonymous with the entire program.
0: But Foster is also synonymous with Virginia Tech, the defensive coordinator uh, that you inherited after Frank Beamer retired, and you came in. What is it like to have such a sage on the defensive side of the ball?
7: Well, uh, it's incredible. You know, his professionalism has been great. You know, it's been different for him too. We talk about the players and the change. Uh, you know, it's been incredibly different for him. His schedules changed, the way we practice changed, so on and so forth, and. And he's been incredibly professional about that and just been great to have on, you know, to have a guy with that experience, ability to make adjustments and game plan and lead and also has a a sense of what's been done here in the past. You know, it's just been an invaluable resource for us.
0: And the defense uh, projects to be such a very good defense. A lot of talent, a lot of experience, a lot of youth that got experience uh, last year. The uh, Edmonds brothers, of course, uh, get the headlines. Uh, When you look at your defense, uh, what do you like the most about it? And can it be one of those vintage uh, Bud Foster defenses that we saw in the early to mid-90s and going into the 21st century?
7: I hope so because we've got a lot of guys that have played and we've got some talent over there. And um, the key will be we'll have to have some young guys fill some gaps. You know, offensively, they're going some young guys get off the bus and go play a lot, start. Defensively, we're going to need them to fill some gaps. You know, we're not going to need them necessarily to be the starting uh, corner or the starting linebacker, but they're going to need to be there when we need them. And, uh, you know, with our starting 11, I think we have a chance to be pretty good. It'll be up to those guys and how good they want to be. You know, do they want to be the guys that say, yeah, we want to be a great defense, but then not do the work and the preparation for it, or do they want to be the guys that, that say we want to be great and then do the work to, in order to give themselves a chance.
0: And how much fun, quote-unquote fun, is it to have those young guys that you need to either fill gaps or play right now to do it week one, neutral site, Washington, D.C. area against a team that I would believe, at least offensively, is very similar to yours in West Virginia and spreading the ball around to a lot of different players. Uh, A very difficult scheme uh, to plan against, at least offensively. How much are you looking forward uh, to playing a team that's probably going to be a top twenty-five team in a neutral-site game. It's almost going to be a bowl atmosphere as well. It's a former Big East rivalry. How much fun are you looking forward to having all of those young guys start off against a really good team? Well, the I'd
7: Ball. much rather have a bunch of old guys playing in that game, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> than not young guys. But but that's all right. It is what it is, and you know, it's a neat. It's kind of rekindling a rivalry I haven't played in twelve years, but it's certainly a rivalry. There's some geography that goes with that, some history with the the big East conference. Um, and we got two groups of kids that, that have never played in the game. Their, their kids have never played versus Virginia tech. Our guys have never played against West Virginia. Uh, but we've got some coaches that, that can, that can, that have been a part of the rivalry and we'll do a great job educating our kids, but it should be a great opener. You know, I like playing good people early in the season. Um, you know, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick playing them second game instead so of the first game. But as long as it's their first game too, I think it's all fair. So um, we're looking forward to it. It should be a great venue, a great opportunity. Uh, we've got a lot of alumni in the nor- Northern Virginia slash DC area. That it's kind of like a home game for them.
0: Uh, speaking of season openers, and a, and we're talking about the now, but last season, of course, you uh, opened up, or at least at the very beginning of the season, opened up playing a football field football game on the infield of a racetrack. Uh, what was that experience like at a Bristol Speedway?
7: Well, it was certainly unique. You know, I, I've told people I grew up going to Oklahoma, Texas, and that's in the middle of the fair there in Dallas, and it's quite a spectacle, and uh, this game was was uh, OU Texas on steroids. I mean, it was uh, really remarkable, a sight to see. I wish we had played better. We just weren't Uh, Mature enough to handle that situation. Um, But it was really remarkable. It was almost surreal standing on the field and looking in the stands and uh, seeing that number of people (laughs) there. It was pretty impressive.
0: And there was no smell of gas or motor oil (laughs) on the infield at uh, Bristol uh, Motor Speedway. Uh, You also uh, mentioned kind of the rivalry uh, that you have, or the Virginia Tech has with Virginia Tech. You came over from uh, the University of Memphis when you did so well that 2015 season with Paxton Lynch, now with the Denver Broncos, had a chance uh, to be into uh, the group of five bowl games as well and did so well in Conference USA. And even the year before that, leading up to that season, uh, was so such a really good year for you how do you um I mean how many people still remind you of that amazing Memphis season and what did you take from your time at Memphis your first time as a head coach going into uh, this tenure at Virginia Tech
7: well I'm grateful for the people of Memphis for giving me the opportunity you know I made a lot of mistakes while I was there too you know it was nice for me to make them in a in a scenario like that as opposed to at Virginia Tech you know and and we learned and went through some bumps and uh, but, but also developed a pretty special program that was really fun to be a part of. And I took a tremendous amount of, of uh, goodness or, or satisfaction out of taking it, being a part of that program and getting it, getting it kind of up and going and happy that they're still having success. And, you know, we've got several guys on our staff that were on the staff at Memphis, and, and we use that as a reference point a lot uh, in our conversations.
0: In my Syracuse heart, you're officially forgiven for 1997. After <laughs> well, this thank you very much. Justin Fuente, it. head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies, thank you so very much for the time. Best of luck and success to you and the Hokies defending your division title in hopes of an ACC championship in 2017.
7: Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. All
0: right. Thank you so very much. Really appreciate yeah. it. Freshwater. Really Adashina Koiki alongside Lauren Fodi at the Westin Charlotte here for ACC football kickoff, getting ready for the 2017 college football season. And we are joined right now by Georgia Tech wide receiver Ricky June. Thank you so very much for joining us. It is amazing to have a fellow New Yorker here just <laughs> yes. above me. I'm in Brooklyn. You uh, grew up, uh, you were in Spring Valley, went to high school uh, in New Jersey. So um, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, Getting ready for the season, are there... Is there anxiousness? Are there butterflies? How are you feeling getting ready for the college football season right now?
4: I'm just excited. I'm I'm really just tired of I'm I'm tired of waiting. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to get it started already.
0: Oh, so you don't want to talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> you you can say yes. <laughs> no, you, you're ready. You're ready for the season. Yeah, yeah. So uh, being on a team, of course, and you probably get this question four hundred seventy five thousand three hundred ten times. Uh, being on a team, of course, that really focuses on the run and. Runs the triple option. Most wide receivers in that sort of system. Uh, it's important, first and foremost, to block and block downfield uh, before your wide receiver duties, in the sense of catching the football. What drew you to Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson?
4: Um. Well, they they offered me kind of late. I came I came on an official visit and I met with Coach Johnson and he, he just he just was real with me. He showed me like. He said Demaryius Thomas was in his his offense, and he's in the NFL. Stephen Hill was in his offense; he's in the NFL, and I I just connected with them, and I and I committed on the spot.
0: Was it important to see that? Of course, uh, being an option team and being a skill position player on the outside as a wide receiver, did you go into that visit with doubts?
4: Um, Of course, I went with doubts, but I mean, I feel like it was the best fit for me, and. It it worked out for real. (laughs) (laughs) What is it like
0: being in Atlanta, Georgia?
4: Oh, I love Atlanta. I might, I might like it more than than New York.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Sound the alarm! Sound the alarm! okay. Yeah, Ricky June, wide receiver of Georgia Tech, uh, New York native, just above New York City, and you may like Hotlanta more than the Big Apple. Why so?
4: Um, the weather's better. The the weather's
0: better, and
4: um, I like the food better. I, I, I the just atmosphere. Like, I, I, I just like Atlanta better, period.
0: Just period. And okay.
1: It, everybody's nicer. Do you? Well. Okay,
0: true,
1: true. <laughs> okay, that's true. I have to keep reminding myself down here. Someone's looking at me. I'm like, what you looking at? <laughs> um, do you watch a show, Atlanta? Um,
4: no. I'm not, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not into that. Come <laughs> on. No, not, yeah. I, that's like oh for 2 now. I've asked people S- if they watched
0: of it. E- what you're into or what, you're not into when football isn't the sole focus or the main focus what is your main focus outside of football when you're on campus in atlanta and what are some things that you like to do again outside of football Um,
4: i like i like i like playing basketball of course Um, i played i played basketball in high school and um i like cars and i like fashion you know i'm from new york i like i
1: Would you say that you're the most fashionable one on the team?
4: Probably,
0: most like yeah. You're the ones giving them
1: advice, like don't, don't wear that. I set the trends. You set the trends.
0: <laughs> okay, what trend had you or have you set that continues to live on with the football team? Um. Or certain players on the
4: football team. I mean, growing up down south, they they weren't really fashionable. Like they didn't care what they wear. But I I like brought in like you you need to care about like what you're wearing and like your appearance and everything. So that. That's a sort of trend.
0: So, what you brought was actually caring and being concerned about looking good. And if you look good, you feel good, yeah. you feel good, you play good, yeah. you play good, they pay good, as Deion Sanders, <laughs> a great Atlanta Falcon, said once. Uh, so, yeah, so that's your impact, caring, having them care more about how they look on the outside. Yeah. Wow. wow. All right.
1: Everyone has their own little game day swag, what they wear with their uniform. What is the one thing that you cannot play without wearing? It's um, Obviously, the cleats and stuff. But like, do you have like armbands that you have to um, wear? It's a, um,
4: it's a it's a it's a white armband on my right arm.
1: Can't it, play without it. It Can't. just is it your security blanket? Like, what makes it that you have well, to wear well, this? Is it fashion? Is it fashion? It's fashionable, and I I hate turf
4: burns. I Always get turf burn, ter, turf burns on my right arm, so. That's a big reason Hi. why we're.
0: Yeah. And you are a very big play wide receiver. Of course, uh, the offense allows you to make big plays because when passes are completed, they usually uh, chop off big chunks on some big plays after option fakes. Uh, When those plays happen, or when those plays are called, obviously when every play is called, a certain receiver, or running back, or quarterback envisions that okay, this is going to play. This is going to be the play that breaks it. But after a certain amount of runs, when you're in the huddle and you know that this is uh, more than likely going to be a pass, and more than likely going to be a pass where you're deep, deep, deep down the middle or down the sideline, like you kind of get, you kind of beam a little bit more, knowing that. I don't get too many opportunities at this, so now that this has been called, I gotta make the most of it.
4: I try not to think about it, but you're always gonna think about it, and I'm like, all right, I got, I gotta make this play because I don't don't know when the next one's gonna, when the next one's gonna
0: come. (laughs) (laughs) But they do come, though. Yep, they do come. And you had a very, very good season. Started off well. Had a rough patch in the middle of the season, won five out of six, won against Georgia uh, as well. How much can you use the way you finished 2016 in terms of applying it into 2017 and continue that momentum, or is it just two separate entities?
4: Um, yeah, we we usually after, after we win a game, we celebrate the next day and we and we flush it. So it's, it's it's all about the it's all about the future. The the past the past don't mean nothing.
0: So you are a fashionable person, but according to Kishon Freeman, oh, boy. he was the person that helped to put the finish on your apparel with the tying of the bow tie.
4: Yeah, I, I like trying to YouTube it. I, <laughs> I, I still couldn't get it. He, he like YouTubed it and got it, and got it the first time. So.
1: Well, it looks good. You helped
4: me with my bow tie.
1: I heard that you guys are in a little bit of a competition too.
4: He, he's in a competition with himself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, a pa- uh, party of one. <laughs> 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 what was the deciding factor
1: behind the bow tie? Was it tie? or b- Did you have a? T- I feel like um, ties are like are like
4: old
0: school. I feel like as compared t- to bow ties, which are oh, I, I like more hip. Okay. Well, bow ties yeah. are fairly old school, like with tuxedos yeah. and bow ties, that's old school, too. But since it's not, um, since it isn't adopted as much by most people, yeah. you just kind of say, you know what, you have your tie, and I'll have my bow tie, even though I didn't tie it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, no, I didn't mean it like, clown you like that. Right? But he made sure to let us know it, no. that yeah. he did that. So is that him trying to, like, one-up you? No. Um, I'll let, I, I let him have it today. Oh, today? Yeah. Just, okay. today. Just today. Just okay. Before today, how many times has he, like, gotten you in the sartorial fashion sense? Before today. Zero. Oh. <laughs> how many times after today do you think that'll be the case? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely, we're going to relay this information to Kashan. I'm going to okay. find
1: him, and I'm going to be like...
0: He's over there somewhere.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. I see his jacket. <laughs>
0: What do you think about his jacket? It's the uh, almost
4: plaid
0: pattern, but it's yeah, like I, the blue and gold.
4: I, I like it. Um, he like had one before that I, that I wanted, but he he had it first. So I, I didn't I didn't want um, oh, to wear the same thing as him. And then he just, he decided to change it
1: late.
0: Oh, so then you didn't want to. Appears if biting off of him. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, you guys
1: didn't want to like hashtag twinning. You
0: could have <laughs> been buddies, like yeah, twinsies, right? right. Yeah. yeah. You could have had the bow tie. He could have had like the regular tie with the same blazer, sport coat, and you guys would have won Fashion Week <laughs> or the Fashion Two Days here.
1: Who's the better dressed, the offensive side or the defensive side? Who has the best dressers?
4: Um, I would say the offensive side because I I like bring it up
0: uh, I I bring it up a lot (laughs) (laughs) because you bring it up a lot of course like very simple very very do people
1: come to you and say like hey is this outfit cool like can I wear this yeah sometimes
0: well here's the thing if I'm you know you mentioned whether he watched um, uh, Atlanta Atlanta. at FX Um, do you watch anything that's fashion related on television Um,
4: I follow a lot of fashionable people on Instagram
0: oh okay okay who's the most fashionable that you follow in your opinion Uh, Fabulous the rapper Yeah. yeah Uh, he's the most fashionable. What
1: about an oh, athlete? athlete? Most
0: fashionable athlete. Odell Beckham. Oh, Odell Beckham. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All and right. That's a good one. Chances of you dying your hair like him, growing it and then dying Zero. it. Zero. Zero. That's <laughs> not. That's that's a fashion don't. That's a fashion yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> It works for some people. It's not going to work for me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, Ricky June, thank you so very much for joining us. Best of luck and success to you and the gel- Yellow Jackets in the 2017 season. Best of luck and success to you in figuring out and professionally tying a bow tie by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so very much. We really appreciate you. it. Right, thank you. Adashina Koiki alongside Lauren Fodi here on Radio Row at the ACC football kickoff, getting ready for the 2017 college football season. We're talking Coastal Division. We're talking Pitt Panthers right now. Offensive lineman Brian O'Neill joining us. First of all, Brian, thank you so very much for the time. And you are ready to go for the season, so much so. That right now you have your uniform on, no shoulder pads, even though your shoulders are so big they look like you have shoulder pads <laughs> on right now, sleeves rolled up. Guns out,
1: I, guns out. I know you're
0: excited for the season, but you didn't have to like wear the jersey uh, right now <laughs> getting ready to line He's up. He's just showing off his eyes, eye, right? Getting ready to sack your quarterback. How excited are you as the uh, uh, college football season is right around the corner? How excited are you?
8: I'm excited. It's about two weeks until camp kicks off, and I can't believe it's here already. It feels like such a fast summer. and. I'm really looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be a really good one for us.
0: Uh, Describe your summer.
8: My summer? uh, I took two classes. I was working out every day. Uh, Spent a lot of time in the film room getting the younger guys ready. Uh, we got a a lot of young guys coming up in the offensive line room. Spent a lot of time with them, trying to get them up to speed, ready to go for the fall. Um, But it was good. It was good. It was relaxing. I got a couple trips to the beach in, but... Other than that, it's just been all business.
0: Oh, come on. You can't just, like, slip in. Oh, I got a couple of like, <laughs> moments on the beach. beach. Yeah. How much do you like the beach? What do you do when you're on the beach? It's cool. I
8: just like to chill out and kind of get away from the madness of football and school and everything. Not do much, kind of. Don't want to get hurt doing anything <laughs> dumb out there. <laughs> no but, uh, boogie boarding. Nah, no no bodies. No. Oh, so not
0: playing beach volleyball. Body no, no, no. Uh, I'll do that when I'm done playing football. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you got the size for it, right. okay? And you, I mean, beach volleyball is a very lucrative career, yeah. uh, and a lot of uh, <laughs> former players in different sports, uh, volleyball right. or basketball, have gone and done uh, beach volleyball. Uh, you mentioned the offense, and you helping the younger guys uh, get up to speed. Uh, You're playing under another offensive coordinator, but your offense has done so well, so well in the past few years, that teams like to uh, pick off your offensive coordinators. Uh Matt Canada uh, gone uh, after last season, after you guys uh, uh, did so well. Um, How hard is that in terms of the transition when another bright, young offensive mind helps to have your offense do so well but then uh other schools just come in and pluck the offensive coordinator how how much of a transition is that for you as an offensive lineman
8: um i think it was a little bit more difficult at first now i'm i hate to say you're used to it but i've done it a few times that the transition's a lot easier um but once you play for one or two then there's not much more else you can do in terms of football schematic wise um after you can only run zone so many ways. You can only protect the quarterback so many different ways it 's just a matter of how you call things and how what language you use um, and our new offensive coordinator Sean Watson has kept a lot of the same language for us that uh, Matt Canada used last year he 's now at LSU but um, they've kept a lot of the same language for us and he's adapted to kind of some of the terminology we use um, in the pit offense and that's helped a lot. So one guy was learning a new language, not 50 guys were yeah, learning a new exactly. language.
0: exactly. Wow, you mentioned uh, there, are only, there are only so many ways you can protect the quarterback. The quarterback you're, you will be protecting, at least projected, going into this season. Uh, University of Southern California transfer, graduate transfer, Max Brown. Um, describe Max Brown and what he has done during the spring and summer and just describe him as a quarterback and as a person as you've gotten to know someone who is had come from a power program and is into another power program at the University of Pittsburgh.
8: I mean, he's a really, really easygoing, uh, humble guy, g- easy to get along with, um, coming out as the number one quarterback in the country and going to USC for a couple years. Uh, you might think differently not knowing him, but he's a really easy guy to get along with, great teammate. Uh, he came in with a, with a really good attitude of how can he help pit football, not what can pit football do for him. You know what I mean? He came in with the attitude that, he's adapting to our culture and the way we do things and he's done a great job with that transition and uh, everybody likes him a lot he's a good guy in the locker room um, he's in his MBA right now at University of Pittsburgh so He's, uh, he's always doing schoolwork, but he, sp- he spends a lot of time <laughs> on the football field, too.
0: Ah, so it was possible that someone could have come into the program saying, hey, what are you going to do for me instead of the other way around? Then you turn around, not to say that you had any preconceived notions, but then you turn around and you see him. He's in the books uh, in terms of studying plays and studying your offense as well as doing his MBA as well. Uh, just seeing that work ethic uh, from your uh, future quarterback this season, this has to be a motivating factor for you as well
8: right absolutely and i think it's good to always have your quarterback kind of be in that role and um and kind of take on a lot of responsibility and take his job really seriously because what everybody looks at the quarterback uh, whether he's the leader or the not or leader of the group or not uh, naturally people look to him and he does everything the right way on and off the field and in the classroom um so he sets a really good example for a lot of the younger guys and people are i'm really excited to see what he can do for us
0: once again, Brian O'Neill joining us, redshirt junior offensive tackle for the University, for university of Pittsburgh Panthers. Uh, you're in the Coastal Division, and the Coastal Division year after year, uh, it is so tight, so close. There are razor-thin margins that separate first place from second place, second from third, third from fourth, fourth from fifth. They're razor-thin margins. What do you think accounts for those razor-thin margins in terms of whether a team finishes sixth or 7th in the division and not be too far away from being 2nd or 1st.
8: Right, I mean I think you see a lot of close games in the Coastal so last year we lost 4 games by like 7 points or less or what I think it was um, so it's really where can you find those little details that you're going to be able to get to push yourself over the top and win those close games um, I think teams who are able to finish well um, have had success, last year we had UNC for a while during the game and they ended up making a fourth-quarter run and making a last-second drive with a last-second touchdown to win the game. Um, Who can finish the best? When you're that close, that's one of the things we've emphasized this year is being able to finish uh, because we've seen it happen so many times. We were in a neck-and-neck game with Virginia Tech. We were up in the fourth quarter uh, this past year. They won. They finished better than we did. I think that's something you can kind of tangibly pick out and say that's the difference. And uh, If we can finish a little bit better this year, I think we'll be in better shape.
0: One of the games that your team did finish at the very end in a close game was the game in Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina against the Clemson Tigers. We asked Avante Maddox this same question when he was here. Uh oh.
1: Kicking Uh-oh. my table? That's no, just kidding. <laughs> we, asked,
0: we asked this question to Avante Maddox when he was here. Describe the few seconds right before Chris Blewett's field goal from your perspective, and describe the ten to fifteen seconds right after you saw the right. officials underneath the goalpost raise their arms.
8: Right before it, uh, a bunch of our players we all got on one knee and we're holding each other's hands, and uh, all the, I guess all the other coaches were trying to grab Coach Narduzzi, and he kind of got out of their like hands or whatever, kind of got away from him, and he came. He's like, "I want to be with you guys," and so he came in right between me and another wide receiver. And so we were just there locked up. Um, and he kind of just looked at me. He's like, this is going in, going through. And I was like, all right, like,
9: let's see if it does. Like
8: at that point it's kind of 50, 50, I guess, you know what I mean? (laughs) You don't really know what's going to happen, but, um, thankfully it did. And then the next 10 seconds, everybody was going crazy, but there were so many people trying to keep us off the field because there was still six seconds left on the clock or something. I forget what it was. Um, but at that point it was kind of just don't, like, hold, don't hold your breath. Like, it's not over yet. Like, they, we had to kick it off. And so um, they had the kickoff team ready to go, and that was another important play was being able to finish it out after that.
0: And then after the game was over, uh, we were told by Avante that a lot of the coaches either A, danced or tried to dance uh, after the game, or some of the players tried to get the uh, coaches to dance. A, do you even remember that? And B, uh, uh, rate the coaches' Yeah, who was the best dancer? If there is a bus. Uh, who
8: is the best dancer, it definitely was not Coach Narduzzi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
8: he definitely was one of the ones who tried to
1: dance. Aww. He tried. Though. He <laughs> tried to dance. At least he effort. didn't stand yeah. on the like stand against the wall and just watch. Yeah, yeah.
8: yeah. Um, other than that, I can't remember any other coaches who were trying to dance. I got in the locker room a little bit late because. There was a lot of chaos out on the field, and I got in there, and they were already all talking and whatever. But it,
0: it, the Coastal Division once again can be decided by razor-thin margins. It is possible that the high-powered offense of the Pit Panthers could finish first in the Coastal Division. Brian O'Neill, offensive tackle for the Pit Panthers, thank you so very much for the time. Best of luck and success to you and the rest of the Pit Panthers in the 2017 season.
8: Thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. Good
0: oh ride. my God! There's the beach bum Brian O'Neill. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Adeshi Koiki alongside Lauren Fody here at ACC Football Kickoff here at the West in Charlotte in Charlotte, North Carolina. Winding down ACC Media Day, day two, day two of two here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Quinn Blanding of the Virginia Cavaliers defensive back joining us. First of all, Quinn, thank you so very much for joining us. How excited are you to get back onto that Scott Stadium field and get <laughs> ready for the 2017 season?
10: Uh, first, I would like to say thank you for having me. Yeah. And um, second of all, I can't wait it's it's going to be a very it's going to be a movie i say it's going to be very exciting to see what's going on in Scott stadium this year by
0: the end of the season uh what movie will resemble 2017's <laughs> virginia season the most that's actually a very interesting
10: question like yep, no is. one no one's have ever asked that question yeah they they always ask what movie will resemble you at the end of the year but see that's a hard one because you know a new movie comes out probably each month and so true so we're going to take it one day at a time and you know <laughs> see what new movie comes out and then at the end if you if you contact me at the end of the year i can tell you the movie so we
0: can only ask you at the end of the season mm-hmm. what this season is like in terms of comparing it to a movie so you don't want to say remember the titans like right now
10: no I, I can't say that because i can't live in the future i'm only going to live in the present and i'm gonna
0: just take one day at a time and one week at a time Uh, The present right now is a Virginia team that continues its rebuilding under Bronco Mendenhall uh, in his second season. Uh, You start four of your first five games at home. How important is it, despite the tough competition, uh, a pretty good William & Mary team at the very beginning of the season, a team that in the FCS level does, for the most part, very, very well. Uh, How important is it to get off to a pretty good start, especially since you'll be spending a lot of time in Charlottesville in September? Uh,
10: I don't think it's really very that important
0: to get off to a strong start.
10: It's it's more of let's take one day at a time and one week at a time and let's, let's prepare for each team like it's our last time playing the game. No matter if we have more weeks to go, let's prepare for this
0: one team like it's our last team. Did you feel as if your team got better at the end of last season? I remember vividly the game against Louisville, where you were so close, and then Louisville scoring that touchdown towards the very end of the game. Did you feel as if you were gaining momentum at the towards the end of the season, into the end of the season, despite the record not being what you would have wanted it to be?
10: Uh, like you said, the the record didn't speak for itself, but you know the whole the whole growth aspect of our team and you know the experience of our team has grown a lot and it shows a lot of improvement especially with training and you know us doing 7 on 7 and it shows improvement and to see how people really work and to see how our team is going to do better this year than we have in the in the past
1: speaking of the team growing and i guess moving on from that momentum how do you keep it and how do you guys stay close together in the off season that will propel you guys for this next season coming up
10: um so coach Minahal has a saying that we do hard things together and that's how you're going to stick together through adversity and sudden change and our training is built for that and that's why we train the way we train is because we're going to go through some adversity we're going to go through sudden change a lot because that's the way the game works and we have to be prepared to do things together and hard things together is something that we emphasize a lot.
0: Uh, you are the headline player uh, on the defense. Uh, when you are someone that a lot of people get to know, when you're someone who's here at a media day speaking for the University of Virginia and the Virginia football team, how much responsibility do you put on yourself in terms of being that person that you want the rest of your defense to follow? That's what I've been, I was born to do. I've been a natural leader since I was born,
10: and, you know, I play this game, like, like it's the last game on earth that's that's how I I love this game too much and you know I just want to be great one day I want to be I want to be the greatest safety to ever play this game when it's all said and done I want people to remember my name for what I've done and so you know just being a great leader I always just tell my the young boys under me because I'll be considered the old head of the team that you know it's not all about all the wars you win it's going it's all about you going out there each and every week and putting your life on the line putting your body on the line each and every week and training yourself to prepare yourself for the next level
1: you're a natural born leader as you said so when these young guys come in when the freshmen come into the, the program they're brand new what is it that you do to get them to buy into the program or how do you get them to feel okay we we made the right decision by coming here um, we feel at home
10: I sit them down. I sit them down and talk to them, especially on the defensive side. As a def- a defensive back, your mind is wondering with the new playbook, and you don't really understand what a concept is or what a defense is, and so you're going to really think about what's going on. But I really sit them down and, and explain it into the simplest terms that they will understand where I can connect to them where a coach is not really – forcing words that they don't understand where I can really sit down and connect to them and really show them that this is how you buy in and this is how you do things and that's what I do and that's what makes me a great leader is where I can connect to them.
1: Who did that for you when you came into the program?
10: (laughs) So Anthony Harris did that he's with the Vikings right now and you know he sat me down each day and we really talked about just life and we talked about the defense and really just hitting it hard and really going forth with it and you know I learned from him, and then, you know, I used what he taught me and then used what I, norm- I know how to do, and I just I teach other people.
0: Quinn Blanding of the Virginia Cavaliers joining us, and I did want to jump in uh, and ask this question. You said you are a natural-born leader, and you talked about uh, Anthony Harris mm-hmm. was a leader that you liked uh, when you got to see him lead. Is there any leader or any leaders outside of the football field uh, that you appreciate and like for his or her leadership? Uh, my mom my mom is my
10: biggest leader um i've seen my mom do a lot of incredible things for so working two jobs just to get me up and down the east coast to camps um i i've done seen it all with my mom And you know my mom's been here every step of the way and, you know it takes a lot especially being a football player it takes a lot it, it put a lot of pressure on a mom to see her son go through the training the the punishment his, my body takes each and every day you know, my mom really respects that, and my mom really loves that about me, that I, I keep going harder, no, and it's like no days off, and she knows that, and my mom understands that, and she pushes me, and she pushes me to just to be great no matter what, it, what I'm doing, no matter if it's football or off the field.
0: Quinn Blanding of the Virginia Cavaliers, safety, leader, and maybe the leader of a team that surprises in the ACC Coastal this season? <laughs> or would it be a surprise if you surprised according to the pundits? We're going to take it one day and one week at a <laughs> time. <laughs> one day and one week at a time. Yes, and at I the like end of that. the season, we'll figure out what movie the 2017 Cavaliers season most resembles. Quinn Blanding of the Virginia Cavaliers, thank you so very much for the thank time. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Shaquille Quarterman, linebacker, sophomore for the Miami Hurricanes, joining us. Miami, an amazing season last year, winning of the Champs Sports Bowl at the end of the season. Uh, we're going to do a quick rapid flyer. So what comes to your mind when I say a certain thing? Um, Mark Walton. Great. Uh, the U. Amazing. Your linebacking core. The next up. Okay, who do you resemble? John Beeson. Why do you resemble John Beeson? Because we have
2: the same attributes. Like? I mean, speed and power, being able to do both.
1: Snapchat or Instagram? Snapchat. Best filter?
2: Uh, dog filter.
1: Funniest <laughs> teammate?
2: DJ, Demetrius
0: Jackson. Best dancer? Uh, Chalk Gray, hands down.
1: Favorite pump up song?
0: Uh, sea Murder for my homeboys. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes 2017 season? Uh, coastal champions yes what about acc overall oh that's coming too <laughs> national championship that's on the way shaquille quarterman with the miami hurricanes thank you so much for this rapid fire uh, question no problem all right <laughs> To wrap up our coverage of ACC football kickoff for a lot of sports talk here at the Weston in Charlotte for ACC Football Media Days 2017, redshirt sophomore quarterback Daniel Jones joining us. And first of all, Daniel, thank you so very much for the time. It's going to be almost a two-minute drill, which I'm sure you're accustomed (laughs) uh, to doing because I know you are pressed for time. So uh, why is this Duke team going to be a team that rebounds in 2017 from the teams that you had done so well and gotten to bowl games but not in 2016?
9: Uh, I mean, I think this is um, you know I've heard Coach Cutcliffe say, and and for as long as I've been there, this is the most um, you know physically talented and, and fast football teams that um, you know he's seen and that I've seen. So you know, hopefully, um, you know I know offensively you, you think about um, the receivers we have coming back, but also the younger guys who have yet to really uh, really be seen by um, people outside the program. Um, you know, you got r- running backs and, and tight ends in that in that same kind of position, so. That'll be uh, you know a fun a fun and exciting part of, of our 2017 season
0: what did you learn the most as a starting quarterback in major college football when you took over almost halfway through the season last year
9: uh well i, I think uh, ultimately the, the the thing I took away from last season is is the the necessity for consistency um, you know throughout the season throughout four quarters of the game i think um, especially in the coastal division the each team is so evenly matched, and each team is so uh, so talented that it's often just a, you know a couple plays here and there where um, you know a team's gonna um, you know the more consistent team is gonna be able to, to be able to win the game through those you know couple plays down the stretch that are gonna make the difference. So you know uh, that's that's an emphasis of ours going into going into 2017, and um, you know making sure we we're, we're as consistent a football team as possible.
1: What's the major thing that you worked on this off season that you're excited to show off in this season coming up? Uh,
9: well, I think as an offense, um, you know, we we focused on um, you know explosive plays and down the field passing. So, um, you know, I think we have the we have the speed and ability to do it at receiver. Um, we're going to have the the protection and time, you know, up front, and um, you know, from there, it's about timing, it's about reps, it's about um, you know, developing that, that chemistry with those guys, and that's um, something that we focus on. I feel like we've made some um, you know some some significant steps in that in that regard this off season, and um, you know, hopefully, you know, take a few more steps this this fall camp.
0: As a native of Charlotte, tell us, New Yorkers, what are the best parts of Charlotte, North Carolina?
9: Best parts of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, well, I think you're you're around it right here at the, at the West End. There's a lot of stuff going on downtown. I'll say I'm not, um, I'm not a, uh, I haven't done a whole bunch of the touristy stuff in, in Fair Charlotte, enough. but I heard the, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is something to, something to check out. So,
0: Daniel Jones, quarterback of the Duke Blue Devils. Daniel, thank you so very much for the time. Best of luck Absolutely. and success to you and the Blue Devils in the 2017 season.
5: Thank you for having me. All
0: right, thank you.